Fantastic. Okay, you're all being recorded. You sound lovely. <laughs> just you're muted. <laughs> Apologize for that. But I know it just helps out because of the, the background noise, multitasking and all that. I do hope that if you're here, though, that it really does um, go deep, that you take the time to listen for any questions. I think every question can apply to us in one way or another. If it doesn't apply to you, then pray for that person. That uh, If you like, oh, yeah, I know that then join me in praying for that person as they're you're walking with the Lord in that. So I'm going to go over to Periscope and start over there as well. And I hope you guys are all doing great. I'm so excited to see such good activity over in social media and everyone sharing things and lots of – if you haven't joined the Clean Harding page, let me say that to you guys before I go. And I, I'm a little, a little leery to share that on Periscope because then i got all kinds of people asking to join the page. Uh, but it's Clean Harding Together. So you can look that up on Facebook, Clean Harding Together. We don't advertise that in the program. Like we didn't put that on the kind of the sign-up thing. It's just kind of its own organic little group back there. So if you haven't joined that, request to join. And there's some really beautiful, um, honest activity and sharing going on back there. So we'll do that. So give me just a second. I want to go over on a Periscope. Um, and get them going. Let's do this hashtag. Hmm. Q and a call. There we go. If you woke over on Periscope, it's about to start. You can look for the, the freedom bells that are that have been put up there. Okay. Faith and fitness. I'm putting my hashtags up because you never know where it'll show up in tweet Twitterland. Faith and fitness and clean harding. Okay. Here we go. All right. You all can join me in praying for Periscope that we keep all the, the crazies out, Lord. So we want to honor you with Periscope. We want to honor you with technology. We love good ideas and technology with one word. Pray that you use it. We would use it well and protect us from anything that would be distracting. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Okay. Welcome, clean. Oh, man. They encountered an error, everyone. <laughs> we get to do that all over again. Let me try it. So sorry. Hold on. Something's up with my connection. This happened last time, too. Wi-Fi. No, it should be okay. All right, Lord. Let me try it one more time. Hmm. This is interesting. You know what? Now my iPad just went dead. So maybe the Lord is asking me not to do it today. I'm totally open for that if that's true. Let me try one more time. If it doesn't go through, you guys, then I'm going to take that as the Lord just wants us over on this this call here. Um, what is going on? That is weird that the call, 
name. All right, I'm gonna, everyone start praying. Try it one more time. Okay, I'm not even going to put all the hashtags in this time. Last time, we're going to try. All right, here we go. Try it again. Nope, it's not going. All right, we're done with that. So I am purely over on a phone line with you guys today, and that is just good with me. I don't have to worry about the periscoping. Uh, All right, so we are day... What day are we? It's day 10 of the Clean Harding Challenge. I know you guys have, um, you know, there's just a lot that piles up. Not piles up, but we always come in that first week is exciting. And then by the second week, things just can kind of feel more, less exciting. And discipline, the, the skill, the art, the delight of discipline becomes really true and, and, and still present. So I want to encourage you all that you're not failing. You're not behind that grace abounds, and that God is not failing you either. Uh, if you are just reading the emails and just getting um, a little bit in your mind each morning, and maybe in some way, I hope that I'm haunting you a little bit, but you're hearing my voice um, as you are making choices, as you're um, also fighting off an accuser, because there's an accuser that does not want you to have true freedom, to have true peace and shalom in your life, in your family, in your home. So we just want to call that, call him out. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump in, and I'll just start answering some questions. So I, I don't know how many people are on this line right now. When I first came on, there are about 10 of us. So it really is just you guys that I'm talking to right now. Um, so any questions you have, please email info at revelationwellness.org, and I will um, be happy to answer those. So let me pray. So, Father God, we are grateful for you, God. We are grateful for this time. We're so enthralled by your love, Lord. And where we're not, where we are forgetting, where our hearts are calloused, and where we truly forget that we're a good idea, Lord, that you would come and remind us today, Lord, that how you designed us, there are no flaws in us, Lord. You see us and you call us lovely, you call us strong and beautiful, and handsome, and that, Lord, that we are created in your image. So, Lord, we just declare a spirit of identity here. In the name of Jesus, we declare that you would come and tell us who we are and whose we are. We bind up the accuser. We bind up the liar. We bind up, you know, that that spirit of confusion that um, somehow, because the equation isn't adding up or we're not seeing what we see, that um, there must be something wrong. So we just bind up that wrong spirit in the name of Jesus. And we uh, release a spirit of joy and gladness and delight and discipline and all that, Lord, that is under your sovereign, beautiful hand. Release it here in this call. Uh, In Jesus' name, amen. I also want to get after today at the very end of this call, um, just really going after prayer. So if anyone's on this call and you know that um, you're like, I just feel... Uh, a little tormented, I guess you would say, because this where you you feel like you're just going a little nuts. Like you you get it, you're hearing it, but nothing's happening, and you feel stuck. That's the word I would say. You just feel stuck. Uh, you're not getting 
the results that you want to see or whatever it is that you just feel stuck and yet you can hear God calling you into a high place or a new place or a better place, but you just feel stuck like your legs are broken. I'm going to ask at the very end of this call that you um, really sit and receive some prayer for, from me to you, but really it's just from the Spirit to you, and that you would um, almost prepare yourself as like, I just, you know when Jesus says um, that some of these things will only come out through prayer and fasting. Like some things, there are some things that you're doing all the right things and it looks good, but you just still, there's just something stuck. Well, the kingdom of darkness bows, has to bow and take a knee when we come in prayer and intercession and ask for God to give us eyes and ears to hear. And I believe he wants to do that today. So I'm gonna, I'll do that at the very end. But first, let's just get to some practical um, questions that I have in front of me. So here's one. It says from Carrie, uh, it says, I have a quick question about body mechanics. While working out, I've noticed that while doing workouts, especially leg lifts and similar movements, my hip joint pops. Sometimes my shoulder does that too um, with strength intervals with weights. Is that a result of muscle weakness or dysfunction that will eventually go away as I stop, as I get stronger or something to avoid? There's no pain. Um, it's just a popping. Wasn't sure if I should push through. Yes, so that's from Carrie, and I'll let you know, Carrie, you're not alone. Uh, my right hip will do that from time to time, especially if I'm laying on my back and then I start to do big hip circles with my right leg, like moving from the hip, it will just pop, pop, pop a little bit. Uh, no, there's nothing dangerous about it, and especially there's no pain, but it's showing us that there's um, some biomechanic dysfunction somewhere. So. Somewhere that the alignment of that hip, and it could just be chronic. It could just be your holding pattern. It might be if you have babies and you kind of swing to one hip and you hold that baby on your hip. Or even if we, you ever notice moms that hold babies, they kind of arch their back a little bit and rest the baby on the shelf of their belly a little bit. So there's just these holding patterns that we do. We don't even know we're doing them because they're very subtle. They're very comfortable. Um, and that's something that through, if, if it, in time, if it becomes a painful thing, then a physical therapist would need to look at that and they would look to see, oh, your left hip shoots forward a little bit, your right hip's a little bit lower. Um, and then that does come down to stretching and strengthening the right muscles around the hips. The hips and the shoulders, hips, shoulders, knees, those are the most common injured places for um, any movement lifestyle that you have. And hips and shoulders, to me, are probably the, the bigger ones because knee pain, knee injuries really come off, often come off of the hips more. Um, this angle of our hips to our knees, some of us are just born with a weaker angle. Um, weak hips, weak low back, a weak core um, will just it transfers down into the placement. The knee is a weaker place than the hip, and then that's how you get injured. So my encouragement to you, if you are in um, the VIP TV, uh, you all are, if you're on this phone call, you're in the VIP TV page and um, the workout calendar. I don't know if it's on your month um, workouts this month, but look for the hip release video. There's a hip release. Just search hip release back in the workouts. And honestly, I don't even, if you don't even have hip pain, you all need to do this video because <laughs> I do believe there's a lot that we store in our hips. There's a lot of striving, a lot of fear, a lot of tension. I mean, it's our, our butt muscles are kind of our ego muscles. Like, I can do it myself and my quads. 
and that causes dysfunction to get buried into our hips, and so we need to release it. Um, it's good to strengthen, for sure, um, by doing our squats and our lunges, but if you don't release, then that clicking and popping and all that just kind of sits around and, and just gets bigger. So look for that hip release video. I promise you, even if you don't have any hip pain or back pain, you're going to feel better after doing it. It's created to really release and create space in the most sacred area of who we are. For a minute, if I can just say um, from um, Eastern medicine, like really down in our intestines and in our reproductive organs, it's really where like all this stuff that we can bury, our emotions go into our gut and then our reproduction organs as women, like it's all really interconnected. I just... I'm not, I, I root myself in Western medicine, I look at Eastern medicine, all, there's truth um, in the body in different places. I don't elevate or in different, you know, I study and ask the Lord to give me wisdom and understanding. I don't ever say this, this one way of, of understanding the body is the only way. I think there's a lot of beautiful ways God's speaking and showing us how the body is interconnected. Um, but remember, for us, it's first thing first, God first. And um, he can show us and enlighten what's going on in our hips, our guts, and those areas that are tight and haven't been released. So look into that video. I think that will help you a lot. But my, my bottom takeaway, bottom line question or answer is it's not going to hurt you, but be aware that there's some dysfunction and it's only going to get better through stretching and strengthening. And probably you got to know your bend. If you're more of an active person, then you're probably doing pretty good on the strength thing. Um, you probably need to stretch more. If you're just getting going and you haven't worked out in a while and your muscles haven't been strengthened, then learning to do a proper squat. And that's back in the VIP TV video library as well. If you look at foundational videos, I encourage you all to watch those. Those are just little 10-minute workouts on how to move your body well. It's not even about movement. It's how to do a squat well, how to use my abs well, how to really be thoughtful and reconnect to the body, not just do movement for movement's sake, but to be thoughtful of the design. We talk about the design as God created the body to work healthy and then the things that come against it and create dysfunction. So check out those videos. I think that will help you a lot. Okay, next question. This is from Kelly, and I need all, all the moms are going to go, oh, amen, Kelly. I know this. This is somewhat embarrassing. She says, I've had three kids, and my bladder isn't what it used to be. Not even close. I have a hard time making it through the workouts without having to go to the bathroom a couple of times. And even then, I still have quite a bit of leakage. Is there some, is, it's the same when I try to run or do any of the kind. Any tips for me? Um, yes. First of all, Kelly, you're not alone. I have two kids. And I have to go to the bathroom right before I teach every class. And I'm sitting here with Heather Johnson. She's amening. She has, you have how many kids, Heather? Three. Three kids. And she too. Go to the bathroom right before you teach a class. Um, and even then, uh, but here's really uh, the the pelvic floor in childbirth is weakened, uh, which, okay, Lord, we'll take it. In order to have a child, there's just this stretching that happens down there, especially if you gave um, uh, birth vaginally. Then it stretches, it just gets weaker. And you can strengthen it again. It just takes deliberate thought. Here's why we learn to do Kegels or Kegels. Some people call them Kegels. Some people call them Kegels. Um, it really is the muscle that shuts off the flow of urine. It's down there. It's, it's, it's the very base of your pelvic floor is a muscle that kind of acts like a strap that lifts up and holds in 
um, the urine. And so notice that, and even as I'm talking about it right now, some of you can find it, like just shutting off the flow of urine. And it's so subtle. There's no, there's no bicep curl movement for it. It just is deep within you. If you don't know how to get in touch with it, then when you're going to the bathroom next time, try to stop the flow of urine, and you, it, you'll find it. And that muscle needs the most strength to, in order to stop that um, the leakage. So I would encourage you to just think about it when you're driving in the car. Think about drawing up, like, at a red light. Just see if you can hold your Kegel. Just, even if you did it, honestly, I feel like it's it, – because no one pays attention to that muscle until it, it's a disaster. So now that you know, even if once a day, at one light a day, you just thought, oh, I'm going to hold this and, and draw up into that Kegel muscle or into that muscle, then yeah, over time it can get, um, it can rehabilitate. Can it be completely 100% sealed up? In the name of Jesus, it can. Uh, but if, if you have some, some it, you might always have a little bit, but it won't be as bad. If you're not doing any of those exercises right now, then you only can get stronger. So I would encourage you to think about doing that. Uh, again, I say back in our foundational videos in the VIP TV library, uh, look at the, um, I think it's called the transverse abdominal video. Uh, that's a really big one to us. And that's just kind of the deepest muscles of your abdomen. And also, I believe Christina, the gal who's teaching it, also talks um, about um, that part of the, the floor of the muscle. Really, so whenever you're doing abs, whenever you're doing anything ab-related, you can be thoughtful about thinking of that muscle too, the muscle that shuts off the flow of urine, and just draw it up, lift it up, if, even if it's a few seconds. And then as you're doing your crunches, you might not be able to do it the whole time you're doing your planks or your crunches or whatever you're doing for your abs um, to strengthen that area. That's okay, as long as you're thinking that part of the abdominal area too. That whole midsection wrapped around you, top, bottom, side, back, that is the core, not just the six-pack abs. Okay. That's a great question. You're not alone, Kelly. Oh, this is a great one. Um, this one says, I travel about 90% of the time for my job as a geologist, which I just think that's fascinating and amazing. My work pays for all my meals, and I have a hard time finding healthy choices, especially in some of the small towns I stay in for multiple days. Um, even salads at restaurants are always aren't are always the healthiest choices nowadays. I think she meant aren't always the healthiest choices that go with everything that goes on them. I so agree. Any suggestions? I try to do some meal planning, but if I am gone for an extended time, it doesn't stay as fresh. Sometimes I resort to buying rotisserie chicken from the supermarket, some salad. Is this a good choice? First of all, that is a great choice. <laughs> uh, if you're one of my favorite fast makeshift meals is um, a rotisserie chicken, which I, uh, rotisserie chickens that you get at grocery stores that are just, you know, your general grocery stores, you have to be cautious. I mean, there are some antibiotics and hormones that are often in those, and they're also really um, cooked in a lot of oil, so they can be really, that's why they taste really good, but even, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't poo-poo food. If I'm like, that's all I have, I'll take it, I tear the skin off, and I'll just um, eat from the really good white meat part of it. And um, one of my favorite quick salads to do is that, and you just grab the chicken breast, peel off all the skin. I'll even, if it's really oily, then dry it off, just pat it and take off some of that excess oil. 
and eat it over, um, I love arugula. I don't know if you love arugula, spinach, whatever you like, but arugula is my, that's my jam. And so I'll just put over a bed of arugula, uh, or the arugula with um, olive oil and a little bit of olive oil drizzle on the arugula with some lemon juice, salt and pepper, and a little Parmesan cheese, fresh Parmesan cheese, and mix that up on the salad and then plop a piece of the rotisserie chicken over it. It's Yum. Like, I honestly probably have it at least three, four times a week. Uh, so, yes, if you go to the grocery store and just make shift some things together, fantastic. And as far as, like, um, the salads at restaurants that aren't always healthy, remember, now I talk about this coming up in the future of Clean Hardy. When you go to a restaurant and you're there and kindness and goodness is your spirit that lays upon you and you ask nice and kindly, they will remove things from the salad that you don't want on there often. So I'm always a, I'm always a dressing on the side kind of gal because, my goodness, do they drench. I get salad. When I forget to ask that, I cannot believe how wet the salads are. Like it's just like a soup. I'm eating some type of stew. Um, so I like to just be able to, I hate the word control, but I, I, I don't, I want to be able to taste I want to taste the vegetables. I don't want to taste just the salad dressing. So you can piecemeal some things together, too, if I could encourage you, Kelly, to piecemeal. Have asked for the chicken with the side of the vegetables that might be in another plate. Um, and you get creative there. And finally, my final, like a bigger tip, probably one of the biggest tips for traveling, uh, I sometimes feel like I'm a squirrel because I travel all the time with nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds, nuts and seeds. And I know it can seem, here, and you know what, we have to kind of get over the fact that we really, we really, really would like a smorgasbord of choices for our days. But as we said in this Clean Hearting Challenge and what God first gives us, it's pretty simple. And if we get bored with that, it's because it's not about the food. We just, we're la- we want something more exciting and we have found it in food. We are we are we have toxic hunger, if I could call it that, for foods that um, light up our pleasure senses. And so we go, oh, seeds and nuts again. But honestly, it's all I need. And I, I need energy. I'm hungry. I need energy. I want to clear my mind. And so I'll get a handful of seeds and nuts. And if I can, you know, put anything else, some raisins or beef jerky for me as a good travel item, um, then that's, that's what I I do that, and it, it takes care of it in a few minutes. I'm not hungry anymore, and I'm not fixated on my taste buds as much as my ability to continue functioning through the day. So I get your heart. I do travel quite a bit myself, too, and um, I just do my best. Uh, we, every place that I go, when I go and travel to events, when we first get anywhere, if I'm, my, my host people kind of know, like, it, they usually have food for me, but if I'm staying at a hotel, um, then I go by the grocery store and ask if there's a refrigerator in the room. I hope so. And then I just get some fresh fruits and vegetables, nuts, nuts and seeds, and, and um, some real basic lunch meat, even just so that I have something. And I remember that I'm not there for the food. I'm there to do the work that God sent me to do, and he gives me the grace to do it. All right, that's a great question, Kelly, and we bless you in your in your job, what an amazing job, and um, we know it can be tough. Uh, I love this next question because this one this one this one is a, a common, I think, misconception and a question that comes up. 
The question is, does my BMI really matter? So that's my body mass index. Should I strive to stay within my BMI? I consider overweight with a BMI of 29, yet I'm active, I eat well, and I have a strong, healthy body. I love what she just said. I'm active, I eat well, and I have a strong, healthy body. I've always wondered if the BMI is accurate. How do they know my ideal weight? Well, your amen right on. They don't know your ideal weight. It's a consensus that has been created by medical boards and, and to try and get a, a reading and a category of understanding of people's health based on their weight. There is um, a, a movement, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of it, called Health at Every Size, H-A-E-S, it's even Google, Health at Every Size. I really believe in that, in the fact that 159 pounds on one person can look very different on another person. Like their frame, their size, their stature, their bone density adjust um, to try and give someone one number and say this is this means that's what it should look like. It's absurd. So a BMI of 29, be it that, albeit that that might be that's on the higher side. Um, I would ask these questions of you. How is your blood pressure? How are you when you go to the doctor? How's your blood sugar? Is everything healthy? Remember, true health is measured on the inside, not on weight. And that's a gravitational pull of gravity. And it's all weight tells me. It's how much gravity pulls against the earth. My body pulls against the earth. Um, but what's really going on on the inside? How's my blood sugar? Uh, can I climb a flight of stairs without feeling winded and completely, do I sleep well? How's my overall health? So if you have overall good health and your BMI happens to be 29, that's, that's health at every size. Health at BMI of 29, health at BMI of 28. Um, I, I honestly, it comes back to if you're honest with yourself, you eat well, you work, you move your body, um, and you, you feel healthy and well, and you're BMI of 29, then you are to proudly be a BMI of 29. That that is how the good Lord has designed you and made you, unless he puts his finger on something else, like you are you drinking too much you know, soda or sugar, or there's something hidden going on. Or, you know, I, I have known people that um, when I'm with them will eat healthy all the time, and they, they seem to be over, they seem to have extra pounds on them, um, and in my gut, I'm kind of going, are they well? And they tell me they're well. And the question is, are, what are they doing in the secret places? So that's really, that's really where God is most interested, right? The secret places. Because <laughs> if those places aren't exposed, then we're just, we're just, we're still uh, subscribing to an ideal of a BMI or a weight or a health, uh, an eating plan. Um, and those are just, that's just surface stuff. So. I do not believe BMI is accurate. I've known children who would be rated as overweight and obese children, and they're just, they're not. They're just um, more of a, a bigger boned, um, not tiny and petite kind of person. They're just a, a big kid, but they're not overweight, per se. And they're very active, and they play sports. They're just a bigger size of a body. So, um I hope that encourages you all to break the mold because they just don't. It doesn't work out. Those will never work out. What, how are you really, how's your health? How are you feeling? How are you doing? And the Lord can help you with anything. 
that isn't honest or true. Here's a question of what do you think about dark chocolate? Well, I think it's good. That's what I think about dark chocolate. Does it fit your clean eating criteria? Inside these 30 days, um, dark chocolate would not fit inside, per se, of what we're asking people to do who have known, they know that sugar is their deal. That they know that they have toxic hunger, that they crave foods that are not necessarily what they need, but what they want. So with this question, but then there's also people we've said in this challenge that they have done nothing but clean eat. Like they don't, that's what they do. They're really good about it all the time. They hold the line. And I would say in these 30 days, it probably needs to use a piece of chocolate. Every one of us is in the 30 days, we're in a season of discipline and delight. Discipline that's rooted in delight. So if you're someone, if you're looking for me to say dark chocolate's great because you've been having dark chocolate every night of your last you know, six months or year of your life, I probably would encourage you to see if you could take, if the Lord asked you to take a break from the dark chocolate. I actually would say, yeah, because you really want it and you want me to tell you it's okay. And I'm telling you, it's okay. But if there's something behind the dark chocolate that God might want to put his finger on, I want to talk to you about um, anything that we say, God, you can't have this. I need you to tell me that it's okay. He's such a gentleman, everyone, that he will let us have it. Like he's not going to pull it from our hands. Um, he's going to wait till we're ready to say, maybe there's something more here. Um, and if we're willing to find that out. But I think dark chocolate is great. I think after, you know, I have it. I'm not having it right now. I know for me in these 30 days, um, because I'm just you know, coming off the holidays, my gut was getting, my gut health is a good indicator for me of how I'm doing, and I was kind of not not as great as it has been, and I wanted to just take a break. The alcohol and sugars are probably the big, the big ones that we all struggle with in a way or want it, want to have it, and it's not the best. It has no value, truly. It's just very empty. Um, let me look here. Yeah. Okay, I have an email from Sandra. Oh. You prayed with me at retreat and said, I hear him saying to tell you that you're not stuck. I really pondered that for me. Yeah, trauma of her child. So she's just battling with feeling stuck, everyone. I think that was what I was saying with this um, this challenge or kind of where we're at right now for some people, it becomes very aware because the honeymoon phase has worn off the first seven, eight days. We're now going, oh gosh, this is real. I thought God was going to sprinkle some fresh pixie dust on me and I would be fully this obedient and free child by now. As I've said in the past, when you get to the same place that you've been at before, or it brings up the triggered emotion, whatever it is, you're like, God, why isn't this done yet? You're standing on really holy ground. It's ground where God wants to be God and deliver you. And the word deliver means to take from one place to another. So that's why he's the great deliverer. He takes us from being lost to being found, to being from slaves to sons. He wants, and only he can take us there. So being aware that you're stuck, being aware that there's no, you just don't have it, 
that's exactly as it should be so God can give you what you cannot give yourself. I taught in the Periscope two days ago about grace. Grace, it's not a fruit of the Spirit. We can all remember that. It's not in the love, joy, peace, patience. That's in you, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. All that hardwiring is deposited into you as a created child of God. But grace is out of this world. It it supersedes our own ability to access it because it's what lies with God. It's the thing he keeps for himself for that we would come and get it. And when we ask, he freely gives it to us. Grace is giving a person, grace and mercy is giving someone not what they deserve but what they need. And people that are stuck need grace. Grace, mercy, that also comes to a place of truly forgiveness is the biggest thing I can say. There's a forgiveness there. There's something, there's something you agree with. There's some lie. There's something someone did, someone said, or you've done and said to yourself. Because I honestly believe no one's harder on ourselves than ourselves. No, no one's a greater critic than our own, our own self. And honestly, when you're criticizing someone else, it's because you crit, you're critical of that same thing within you. Um, is that whole plank in our ideal. And we need forgiveness. And that place of being stuck for us. The place of greater that's beyond being stuck is only, you can only access it through radical acts of forgiveness. Forgiveness for yourself, for how you've maybe treated your body. Forgiveness for how you've treated others. And asking for forgiveness for those that you have treated poorly and giving forgiveness to those that have treated you poorly. This is the push, everyone. I feel this within the church. I've said it. I think the church right now, we're all about love God. Yes, I love God. I love God. And one of our, our, our four pillars that we stand on a mission is love God, get healthy, be whole, love others. Everyone says they love God. But nobody really wants to get healthy. Because <laughs> getting healthy requires you to, to openly confess, my legs are broken, I'm stuck. Amen. In order for me to get healthy, I have to realize there is unhealthy. There's dis-ease in me. There's something that tells me my legs are broken and I can't get healthy. It's just too much, guys. I love you, but it's too much. God would say, my love is great. My love is big. You need my grace. Access my grace in this get healthy place. Because in my weak, in our weakness, right, that's when he is strong. His grace is sufficient. In my weakness is when he's made strong. In your stuff is where he unsticks by the power of grace. There's no way around this at all. I mean, it's no way like every other, you know, an eating plan is going to tell you this is how it's done. 3,500 calories is a pound. Yes. Yes. Physically, yes. Spiritually, this is it. This is the worker. This is the only way through is by radical acts of forgiveness to yourself and to others. And friends, listen, even if you don't feel like forgiving, just start saying it. Say, I'm a forgiving person. Say it. Say, I forgive freely. I forgive abundantly. Even if you don't feel it, say it. Because here's the thing. Saying, in alignment, saying truth in alignment with what God says is true plucks up the spirit. It draws you higher. It takes you to the place that your soul and your legs can't go. But you just declare where you're going to go. That's just who you are, even if you don't feel like it. And the Spirit meets us and, by grace, draws us to a higher place. Um, words of affirmation that aren't rooted in who God, who God says he is and how God says we're to act, 
they they are fleeting. They don't words of affirmation like I'm great, I am I am capable, I am all those if they're not rooted in something greater, they're fleeting. But for us to know we can declare that I forgive because God has forgiven me freely. I'm a free forgiver because God has freely forgiven me. Now I'm contending with words that make chains fall, that cause me to rise my soul to a higher place where I'm seated with God in the, in the heavenly realms. It says that in Ephesians that, that there's a part of us seated right now with Christ. I find that so beautiful and confounding. There's a part of me that is seated with Christ right now, and I'm in the heavenly realm. So my spirit knows, it's like a homing device. It knows where to go. It should know where to go, but often I go to the pantry or I go to, I'm more of a girl, I find myself, I want to call a friend and get them to agree with me. I used to be. I'm not that anymore. Now I realize I don't need anyone but Jesus. I just, I have a hurt feeling. I don't need agreement. I need Jesus. Um, I cut that off so that I can stay seated in the heavenly realm. So that place of stuck, uh, the, the, if I could say this to the word, um, the, the word picture for the word forgiveness, like the Hebrew word picture for the word forgiveness, because in the Hebrew and the Old Testament, every word also creates a picture. Um, and and uh, studies of Hebrew and, and word and linguistics, they know what each word draws up an image. And for forgiveness, the image poses two pictures. One is of an arrow that is pulled back and shot and released. And it's just released. You don't go running after it. It's not even shot at a target. <laughs> it's just an arrow released. Um, and the other uh, word picture is to untie a boat that has been docked next to, that has been tied to the dock. So you unleash it and you let it go. Um, and for many of us, inside that boat is all the weight that we've been carrying. All, all the stuff, all the stuff that we've carried around. And for some of us, the tension that feels like we're holding in the the bow and arrow, that we just keep holding more tension and holding more tension and shoving it down and eating more and comforting ourselves instead of just that tension now is the perfect setup to release it and let it go. I'll share with you guys from my own personal life because I think personal stories help us to go, oh, this is real. And let me tell you, I've struggled with unforgiveness. I have a million reasons why I should not be forgiving of a lot of people who have hurt me. Um, one primarily was inside my own marriage and I had such hurt in my marriage that I stocked it up. I kept kind of holding on. We're real, we're good collectors, aren't we? I was thinking that today. I felt like the Lord was telling, tell them they're, they're tell them they make terrible collectors. You're not like some of us collect snow globes or salt pepper, whatever salt and pepper things. Like that's nice and everything, but um, the thing that we tend to collect a lot is offenses. We walk around and we just collect things and we collect it, we collect it, and then one day someone shows up and then you just dump the box over at someone's feet and say, look at all these things that you've done to me. And we're not created to collect offense. There's just everything as Christ, we, we can absorb it and release it. Like it just goes on into kingdom economy. And um, I was collecting all kinds of hurt and sadness over my husband. And I was walking with Christ. So let me be clear, walking with Christ. And I felt 
heavy. I felt stuck. I knew what Christ was calling me to be as a daughter, but I couldn't get there. I couldn't make myself get there. I couldn't. I would forgive. I was declaring everything, but I had a hard time feeling unstuck. And even then, God was merciful. That's why I say keep declaring it because God will, he will deliver. He will come through at just the right time. So for me, it was this final right time where I had some prayer done, some prayer intercession done for me, where it was like, I just, I need, free, I need prayer. I need forget. I need Jesus to show up and tell me my heart, show me my heart, because I can't do this anymore, and I can't carry around this. This sometimes we start to feel crazy, right? We believe God, yes, Lord, I believe you, I believe you, and then we have all this unbelief and bitterness and disappointment at the same time. And so there's this moment that I was being prayed for, and they were asking me for things of um, people that, you know, have hurt me and forgiveness. Of, and, of course, they were going after the big ones of husbands or parents. And my husband came up, and I have to tell you, friends, I find myself wanting to hold on to things because it makes me safe. Just like you like to go in the pantry and eat or go to the drive-thru and eat because it makes you safe somewhere you feel safe and in control when you do that. You feel comforted, you feel safe, you feel pleasure, you feel a moment of relief. And for me, holding on to that offense in some way was like the thing that comforted me, but it was killing me at the same time, and it wasn't allowing me to be fully who I am. And as I lay there, and the guy, was, this gentleman was asking me to forgive my husband and to work through that. I was so afraid. I couldn't even get the words to come out of my mouth. You would have thought that I was standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon being asked to jump and parasail in or parachute in. Like it was too much to think if I let this go, then I am fully free-falling. Like I don't have anything to hold on to anymore. And it scared me completely because then what will I do? If I forgive this, if I release this, I am fully without. I'm fully exposed. And in that moment, my eyes were closed. Um, God was gracious to give me a vision, and the vision was of Jesus just seated in a chair right in front of me, knee to knee, like facing me, knee to knee in a chair. And his palms were open, and he was just saying, can I have it all? Can I have it all? This is why I came. Can I have it all of it? I want all of it. Like, you cannot carry it, Elisa, and my lap is big enough. Can, you, can I have all of it? And very with shaky hands and a heart that was quivering, I just released it. And I will say, friends, that was, I don't know, I think probably about five years ago, maybe maybe three or four years ago, pivotal, a pivotal moment of healing in my own life and release and a beginning. I mean, I, and once you let it go and it's gone, then you kind of go, why was I even holding on to that? That was so heavy and burdensome. Um, so at this time, what I'd like to do is um, posture uh, some of you into that position of prayer and um, and forgiveness and a kind of a, I guess you'd call it a healing prayer as well because you're really kind of just going to the Father and asking for um, for his eyes and ears for the pain that we have, the thing that we feel stuck about, the thing that we're stuck on. So uh, feel free if you're like, yeah, I'm good, <laughs> you can hang up. Uh, I don't know who is good, but for those that are staying on the line, I would like for you, if possible, to position yourself in a, a position of re- receptivity. So.
So if you're on your couch, just sit down. If you're in your car, pull over. Um, like fully receive. Like don't be multitasking at this point. So I'll give you just a few seconds to do that, and then we'll pray. Okay. All right. So everyone, just take a, a really deep breath in. I want you to just inhale and exhale until you really feel a sense of relax. Just I'm going to trust a posture of peace. So like inhaling for five seconds, exhaling for five seconds. Like this already, I just want to affirm you that this is a very obedient act to do right now, that you would just want to surrender. So well done, good and faithful. So well done, well done. Just to say, I'm just going to, I just need peace. I need the Prince of Peace. I'm made for peace. I want more peace. I want to be free. Yeah. So, Father, we come to you, God, as desperate children in need of your touch in need of a word, and in need of vision, Lord. So I just declare uh, your presence is here, that you are here, that this is how easy it is to access you, God, that we just, we pull out and we pull over and we we just rest, God, because rest and repentance is where our salvation lies, Lord. So, Father, we just come to you um, in a posture of repentance, that we have, we confess, we have carried things around. We have been really uh, years collecting, God, just being collectors of things that have hurt us and offended us, God. And, and we're tired, Lord. And so, God, we just ask right now that you would go ahead and you have permission to put your finger and point to and show us where, what, what collection, Lord, of offense and with who and what it is, God, that we might hold on, that we hide behind, that we put on as armor for ourselves, Lord, and it's just too much, Lord. Would you show us the situation or the person involved, God, that we have held captive? So you're all muted. Nobody can hear anybody. Um, I, I don't know where you are or for anyone else where you are can hear you. But I, at this point, would encourage you all to audibly use your voice and to um, speak out uh, who and what it is that you uh, want to forgive and freely let go. So just speak it out. God, I ask for forgiveness for and just speak it. Mm-hmm. whether it's for yourself or for someone else, the thing that he pointed to. And now I would ask you to go ahead and tell him how it makes you feel, that hurt, that pain. So give it words. Tell it what it makes you feel like, that, that thing that you've carried and collected, that what, what message it sends to you, the lies that you believe. Confess what's connected to that forgiveness or unforgiveness. 
Use your mouth. Those of you that really, truly are going to take a stand, you really are audible right now. You are speaking it. How it's made you feel. Yeah. And now I'd ask you to ask the Lord his thoughts on the situation, his thoughts for you, his thoughts for the person, his thoughts. So God, come and tell us what you see, what you think, and what you feel. Tell us who we are. Let him tell you. And child, I have two words for you, forgiven and free. You are forgiven and free. As far as the east is from the west, that person is forgiven and free. So in your mind, just to release the dot or release the boat, shoot the arrow. It is released. It is your assignment now to not pick it up. And when you do pick it up, you're going to release it. You're going to shoot it. You're going to continue to be forgiven and forgiving and free. You are forgiven and free, and you continue to forgive and set free. Yeah, and then at this time, the real important, probably the next thing we do is to take a posture against the enemy. So you now have been given identity and power and authority through forgiveness because it opens up. Unforgiveness in us just blocks it. It's like um, an artery that's blocked. It's ready to explode into a heart attack. But in, um, in forgiveness and just God, forgive me, forgive this person, forgive how I've done it. However, I've responded and partnered with these lies and the way it makes me feel and how I've partnered with it, that now the spirit can flow through us because the spirit tells us the truth. It leads us into truth. And the truth is that God is greater, that God is using all things, that God, that you're an overcomer, that you will be be, um, struck but not crushed, and that God is building something greater and that you have been made as a blesser, you're made as a forgiver, you're made to... Um, declare and proclaim his excellency. So this is who you are. Now with all of who we are, now we've collected the right things, amen? Now we've collected who we are, <laughs> who he is and who we are. If you're going to collect anything in life, that's it. Those are your two things. Collect who he is and who he says you are. And you keep collecting those and collecting those. And now with all that collection that you have, and this is our power and authority that's found in our identity, you turn and you can face the enemy. And in the name of Jesus, cast him down in the name of Jesus, and say it, use your words, in the name of Jesus, I want you to bind up whatever spirit you said, bind up the spirit of whatever it is, I bind up the spirit of unforgiveness, in the name of Jesus, I bind up the spirit of overeating and addiction, in the name of Jesus, I bind up, you take the authority of the freedom and the fullness and the identity of who you are in Christ, and you turn your, turn your arrow, turn your weapon on that that has come against you, cast it down for generations, that your children will be free of this, that this will not be a pattern that goes on, and that you are free. That he cannot have you, he cannot take you captive anymore. In the name of Jesus. He who we set free is free indeed. Free indeed. Yeah. Yeah, Lord, so we thank you. God, we thank you. I pray that this would become uh, like eating and drinking around here in, in these communities and the people in the hearts and the clean hearting challenge, Lord, that 
wherever we feel stuck, God, that you would show us and connect us to what, what's snagging us, what, what legitimate need have we met illegitimately, or what legitimate need was met illegitimately by someone else, God, and how the enemy would use that to destroy us, that we, in fact, would turn it and use it for good, God, and that you'd create a people in us, a people made ready for your possession and for your purposes and for your power and for your glory, God, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven through us, Lord. I just declare a spirit of freedom, a spirit of release of the captives and the binding up of the brokenhearted and the stuck, God, are walking and standing in Jesus' name. We just declare their feet are prepared and ready with the gospel of peace. Lord, we love you. God, I just pray whoever hears this and finds this podcast and um, clearly we see why you just wanted this phone call, Lord, for this reason alone. Pray that it would um, just sweep people off their feet into a, a tsunami of grace. So we love you. We give this all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, yeah, well, um, good work. I don't even know. I, maybe there's one person on this line still. I don't know, but you're the one. You're the one who's free, free indeed. Um, be in the Clean Harding page. Uh, keep doing your emails. I'm telling you right now, if you just did that, you just did weight loss. You just did like lap band surgery, um, every type of weight loss gimmick out there. You just you just blew it away. Like you did true weight loss. Continue to keep the weight off by taking out the trash, being a forgiving person, not collecting offenses, being renewed in your mind of collecting who he is and who he says you are. I really felt that that was you saying that if you're going to collect anything, that's all you're going to collect. His promises, who he says he is, the knowledge of who he is, keep collecting it, and collect all the goodness of who you are. Let him deposit into you every day and keep collecting your identity, putting the pieces together by the Holy Spirit, uh, and you'll be, my goodness, you're fit for mission. Amen? All right, you guys, wonderful. Thank you for hanging out with me. I hope that blesses you, and I will see you on next week's uh, Q&A call. Keep sending your your, uh, questions to info at. And I'll be on Periscope. I'll probably do a Periscope here in a little bit to try. I think some people might be frustrated with what just happened. So I will encourage them to check their emails tomorrow. All right, you guys. Have a great day. Bless you. Bye-bye.